0: No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about prioritizing interventions in your classroom. You guys have probably heard me say this a couple hundred times on this podcast before, but feasibility leads to fidelity, meaning that the more feasible our interventions are, the more we'll be able to implement them with fidelity and see that behavior change we want to see. So I have some strategies for you on how to prioritize different interventions in your classroom and what to really focus on when you're selecting interventions to implement. So let's just get right into it. First, I wanna let you know that I have a completely free intervention implementation assessment guide for your classroom that is in the description of this podcast. If you're looking to really assess the feasibility of interventions in your classroom, This guide is gonna be so helpful for you and will help you determine what the feasibility level of different interventions are in your classroom. If you're interested in that, click the link in the description and enter your email address and it'll be in your inbox very, very shortly. I created this guide so that we can start looking at the feasibility of interventions in classrooms so that when you are looking to implement different interventions, you can really assess how this will fit into the other flow of the different activities you have going on in your classroom as well as the different interventions that you're implementing in your classroom. So I'm hoping this can be really helpful for a lot of teachers. So go check it out in the description. Let me know what you think on Instagram at teaching behavior together. I would love to know how you're using the guide and if it's helpful for you in your classroom. So let's actually get into some different strategies I have for assessing the feasibility of the interventions in your classroom, as well as really prioritizing those interventions that are going to lead to that maximum behavioral and social emotional learning success of our students. The first thing that I think is really important to assess is the level of support that you have in your classroom, okay? So if you're a special education teacher and you have some paraprofessionals or teaching assistants in your classroom, it is important to really assess what the level of support is, meaning that you can really do an analysis of your classroom time structure of who is in the classroom at different times of the day in relation to the students that you have in your classroom. So if you're a special education teacher, you're probably pretty familiar with like an inclusion type model where some of your students are in your classroom for part of the day, and then some of your students are in other settings the rest of the day or they come back and forth. And along with that, you might have different teaching assistants or paraprofessionals in and out of your classroom as well. So if you haven't already done this, I highly suggest making a schedule of who's in your classroom when, and what the level of support is in your classroom during those times. That's going to be really, really key for you to assess the feasibility of carrying out different interventions at different times in your classroom. Say for example, you are going to start doing some sort of tier two intervention in your classroom, and this is something that where you wanna pull some small groups and really focus on some sort of skill, like say a social-emotional learning skill, where you are really just targeting that skill to a select group of students who need extra support with that skill. So when you're thinking about implementing that type of intervention, you're going to have to also assess what else is happening in your classroom, what other students are in your classroom at that time, what other teaching support do you have at that time. If you don't have additional teaching support at that time, what other activities can your other students be doing independently so they're able to be successful with those tasks and then the students that are in your small group are able to be successful with that skill that you're explicitly teaching in that small group. So what I typically recommend to teachers is that they really sit down and assess the different levels of support in their classroom at different points in the day and really use that to guide when they're able to do some of those directed interventions in your classroom. Now, let's say you're trying to implement some different antecedent interventions. So you're trying to utilize some more visual schedules or utilize some more choice in your classroom. What I would do is sit down and really look at what structures you already have in place for those different antecedent strategies and what you can do to kind of create a bank of antecedent strategies that you can readily pull from as needed throughout the day or throughout the week. So what that would really look like is creating a bunch of different visual schedules that you just have at the ready, right? So you might create a couple of different visual schedules, maybe some micro schedules, maybe some macro schedules that you have for students, you create any visuals that you need with them, and then you just have those ready to go. So if a student is you know, needing some, an additional support at some point in the day, you can pull out a visual schedule, help them break down a task into smaller pieces and help them be successful with that task. You might also do that with choices as well. You might really assess the different activities that you have going on in your classroom and pick two to three different choices or two to three different um, adaptations to those activities that you can really offer during that time. So, say you have like centers or stations, and typically at your centers or stations, there are like group activities that students have to do. And say you have a student who you've noticed typically tries to engage in some sort of behavior to escape or avoid that specific activity, and you know, you're going to really look into why that's happening and help build the skills of that student. But in terms of what we're talking about today, in terms of feasibility of interventions, you might want to have a couple of adaptations or modifications to that activity that you can offer as a choice. A lot of times what I see is that we try and think of interventions on the fly. So we know that choice is a really great antecedent strategy and we give out some sort of assignment or task for a student to do, they're not engaging with it and so we wanna offer a choice and we're like, okay, what, what choice can I offer with this task? when it could be really really helpful and lead to a lot more feasibility of interventions if you plan those things out ahead of time. So I'm not saying for every single task you have to have two or three different options because that can be a lot of work in, to- in terms of getting that up and running. I'm thinking more globally in your classroom what are the different activities that you generally do throughout the day and what different choices can you offer in relation to those activities. So if you have a student who is having you know somewhat of a rough day and you know that this activity might be a less preferred activity you can offer some different choices already from your bank of choices that you've thought of for that type of activity in your classroom Say for like any type of academic task, you're saying, if I give some sort of independent academic task to my students, I want to have these two to three different choices that if a student is struggling with it, that they're able to pick from these two to three different choices and be successful at that task. Maybe during the independent activity time, it might be that your choices are that you can work with a teaching assistant at the group table for your, your academic task. It might be that you can utilize some sort of different computer program that also teaches that skill i'm thinking like the math and reading programs that are out there that if the student you know just isn't feeling that task today you're like okay well then your choice is you do a lesson or so on one of these math or reading programs that you use in your classroom those types of things can really help with the feasibility of interventions because you already know these are my go-to choices i can offer for these different types of activities and then you can also individualize those tasks even more to your students because you have a jumping off point for the choices that you're already going to offer So what I would do if you're thinking, okay, I really need to up my feasibility game in my classroom, I really wanna start implementing some of these strategies, What I would do is select two to three, potentially five antecedent strategies that you are like, hey, I can offer these in my classroom and I can create templates or go-to guides for how I'm going to implement these in my classroom, or I can create that bank of choices or resources that I can pull from to implement these antecedent interventions and start creating those. I would just focus on three to five of those right now. See if you can create that bank of resources that you can utilize in your classroom so then when you are going to implement any of those interventions, they're all ready to go for you there and you can individualize them based on the the global template that you have for your classroom. One of the biggest features or factors of feasibility is the systems and procedures you already have in place in your classroom. If you're looking to create more feasibility in your classroom, really nailing down some different systems and procedures for how you do different things in your classroom is going to help immensely. And we can talk about that in a whole different podcast episode, because that is go, goes way into different strategies that you can implement in your classroom. But for right now, we're talking about feasibility of interventions. So I want you to just start thinking about how can I create systems and procedures around the different interventions that I'm going to carry out in my classroom, so that they're more feasible for me to carry out just like with this antecedent intervention, select three to five antecedent interventions, create everything that you need for those, create different templates, or different um, foundations for those interventions in your classroom, that then you can individualize on the go as opposed to like thinking of the different choices you can offer or whipping out a post-it and using that as a visual schedule. Not saying that there's anything wrong with whipping out a post-it and using that as a visual schedule. Do it all the time, but if you have things at your ready, it will make it so much easier when it comes down to implementing those interventions in your classroom. So we kind of talked about if you're going to implement some like targeted interventions, how to really do that, really assess the time that you have in your classroom, the different activities that you do in the classroom and the levels of support at different times in your classroom. We talked about how to kind of create a bank of resources specifically for antecedent interventions. You can do the exact same thing for any type of reinforcement that you're using in your classroom. You can create a bank of token templates if you use those or different ways that you can reinforce behaviors in your classroom you can do this with parent communication i did an entire episode on feasible parent communication it's just all about creating systems and structures around the implementation of interventions in your classroom and again i'll probably do an entire podcast episode on that as well but right now we're going to talk a little bit about really prioritizing the interventions that you can implement in your classroom I always tell teachers, if you have to prioritize any type of intervention, make sure it's an intervention that is focused on teaching skills or leading to more independence of our students. And what I mean by that is, if we're going to be implementing interventions in our classroom, we really, really, really want them to be interventions where we're focusing on teaching explicit skills to our students. So if you're you know, utilizing some different interventions and you're like, I don't really know what the purpose of this intervention is, see if you can identify is the purpose to teach a skill or to help increase the independence of my students. If it's not one of those things and you can't really identify why you're implementing this intervention, it might be something that you place on the back burner and really bring forward any of the interventions that you're using that really focus on teaching skills and leading to independence of our students. So let's take, for example, visual schedules, right? Visual schedules help with the independence of our students, right? If they're able to utilize a visual schedule to work through a task, it's so much better than if we have to continually prompt them through a task that will help lead to independence. So visual schedules are something that you can prioritize in your classroom because you know that they're really helping our students gain independence around working independently or completing different tasks on their own. The same thing with any type of tier two intervention or small group intervention where you're focusing on teaching a skill explicitly to students who need additional support in that skill. Those interventions can be highly prioritized in your classroom, meaning that I would make time for those interventions over other interventions that you're carrying out in your classroom or other strategies that you're utilizing in your classroom that you don't feel like are leading to that skill development or independence that we really want to focus on. Often what I see in classrooms is the whole group classroom contingencies that are set up don't necessarily lead to this type of skill development or independence that we're really striving for. So a lot of times what I see is that points are given out randomly without direct connection to clear expectations that are focused on skill building and independence, or just like classroom kindness, classroom community type of expectations, and Teachers like are left spinning their wheels sometimes. They're like, well, I have this whole group intervention, but it doesn't seem to be working. And I still have these areas where I struggle in my classroom. And one of the first things I typically would recommend is looking at those expectations and are they focused on skill building and independence? And if they're not, then we can rework those expectations so that they are focused on skill building and we can reframe our classroom contingency so that it's really tied to those expectations as opposed to just randomly giving out points or marbles in the marble jar, whatever your classroom contingency might be. This is going to really revamp your classroom contingency game. If you really refocus those expectations on things that build skills and create a classroom community and lead to independence of our students, and then give the reinforcers based on the engagement with those learning targets. One of the things that I see that I typically tell teachers to stay away from is giving points away for engagement in behavior when things aren't going so well in your classroom. So what I mean by that and how to really illustrate this is when I see a teacher say, if you say there's a lot of chatter going on and students are just kind of like talking to each other, not really paying attention to what's going on, you know, during the whole class group lesson and the teacher says, if everyone can put their eyes on me, then I'll give you a point. This kind of illustrates that point of, I'm giving away points for random targets as opposed to explicitly giving points for expectations that lead to skill building, independence, and building classroom community. And that's where a lot of these classroom contingencies will kind of fall apart and will kind of leave teachers really frustrated, rightfully so, right? That can be really frustrating. And if you kind of reframe your classroom contingency and focus it on skill building independence, you can really prioritize that for implementing different interventions in your classroom. So if you're thinking, okay, how do I identify the interventions in my classroom that I shouldn't be prioritizing, really kind of go through your day one day and just write down every intervention that you're implementing or everything that you're doing, any strategy that you're using at the end of the day. Focus on those and see, okay, what is the learning target associated with these interventions? And if you can't identify the learning target or how it's explicitly leading to skill building independence or building a classroom community, I would say, okay, can I deprioritize that and move something to the forefront that I know will be teaching skills and leading to the independence of my students and really building a strong classroom community so that we can really maximize the success of all of our students. So say you kind of do this, you run through the list of your day, you write down all of the interventions or strategies that you have in place, and you're like, no, all of these things really do focus on skill building or independence or building classroom community in some way then see if you can identify some of the strategies that you're utilizing that might not be as robust as you want them to be. Meaning you might have like a social emotional learning station where you have students who can pick a different social emotional learning book and they read through that book and then they write a response to that book or draw a picture in relation to that book. And you're like, you know what? I can really make this a little bit more robust and identify different learning targets that we can utilize or different strategies I can put in place during that center time where it's really focused on teaching an explicit scale. So it might be that you cut down on the station rotations that you have and you do a whole group lesson. Say that's something that you really want to implement in your classroom, some sort of whole group social emotional learning lessons and you're like, I just don't know where I have the time to do that. It might be that you you stopped doing the individual station where students are reading out of a social emotional learning book and writing or drawing a response to that. And now you really focus on teaching a whole group lesson explicitly. And then you know maybe do that one time a week and then you implement that station spot again, but the station spot has activities that are directly related to whatever skill you were teaching at the beginning of the week. This way, you just take up a little bit of time one day of the week where you're really focusing on teaching that skill to your whole class. And then you can go back to the station rotation that you had the rest of the week, but really utilize some different activities that focus on teaching that skill. So it might be that all day long you have really great interventions in place and strategies in place that are focused on skill building and independence, but you're like, hey, I really need to be implementing this or that in my classroom, or I would really love to do this in my classroom. I just don't know when I'll have the time to do it. It's just kind of reorganizing your classroom to allow for that feasibility of the whole group lesson that you want to do, or that specific small group that you want to pull, or whatever, you know, teaching strategy that you want to start implementing in your classroom. but Let's say you do find that you have an intervention, say like you're utilizing a clip up clip down chart in your classroom and you're like, I just don't think this is leading to anything. I don't have any skills attached to this. I just move clips up and down. There's no real reinforcement associated with moving up other than your clip is higher on the chart and and anything associated with moving down is associated with some sort of negative consequence in my classroom, I really don't want to do this anymore because I can't identify how it's focusing on teaching skills or building independence, then I would get rid of the clip-up, clip-down chart. I did an entire episode on clip-up, clip-down, and level systems in the classroom with the different interventions that you can implement if you're looking for different strategies to implement, so go listen to that episode if you haven't already, But this is definitely the type of intervention that I would get rid of and focus my energy on something else. Implementing another group contingency or classroom contingency where you're really focused on, again, building those skills and leading to independence is going to be a better use of your time and really help, again, maximize the success of your students. I really hope that this episode gave you some different ideas of how you can really assess the different structures and systems and procedures that you have in place in your classroom so you can start creating different systems and procedures that will help lead to the fidelity and feasibility of the interventions that you're implementing and also help you really focus on what to prioritize in your classroom. Again, prioritizing interventions that focus on skill building, independence, and community building are going to be well worth your time and really lead to the most student success over interventions like clip up, clip-down charts that don't aren't really tied to any type of learning target in your classroom. If you have additional questions, please feel free to follow me over on Instagram at Teaching Behavior Together. I'd be happy to answer any questions for you or just continue this conversation on further. Don't forget to download the free intervention assessment guide in the description so you can really Use that to help guide how you're implementing different interventions in your classroom and help you assess the feasibility of the interventions that you are implementing in your classroom. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of the day.